guys. Thank you, worship team, our tech group, helping us get started here. And it's our second service that is live this morning. We began the day at 9.15 with a live broadcast, and now we are live again here at 11. Wanted to let you know that if you're having some difficulties at home with the reception, just pause for a few minutes and then come back. We send our signal out at a high definition, but sometimes your Wi-Fi can't handle the load of the service. So just give it like five minutes and then start it. It'll stop buffering. You'll be able to stay with us the whole time. So I wanted to share with you some accountability questions that I share with the congregation every week. The first one is, did you spend at least five minutes a day, at least five days last week, reading or listening to God's Word? God wants to speak to us, and we have to be engaged with Him, not just while we're in church or in a small group, but each and every day of our life, God wants to speak to us, and we need to let His Word do that. The next question is, did you share a God story with someone this week? There's been incredible opportunities for us, provided because of everything that's going on in our lives, that you have an opportunity to share God's story with someone, and you need to take advantage of that and do that. Did you spend some time alone with God with no agenda? So when we come to God in prayer, and He invites us to share our needs, and we bring our petitions before Him as He shared and He invited us into, we also want to make sure that we are taking time to just be with God. Just take a few minutes through the week to just be with God, not just giving him the list of things that you need him to do, what he needs to do in the world for us, but just to be with him because you love him. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? One of the most important things for us is to learn and know the voice of God, and many people struggle with this, but the Holy Spirit is available to us. Jesus made this possible. We'll read the scriptures about this a little later that the Holy Spirit wants to lead, guide, and direct you through your life. So make sure you're listening because God is speaking. And then we ask, are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Just being fully in all about what God is doing in our lives. Christian Faith Fellowship is called by God to radiate the love of Christ, reaching the lost and the saved in order to restore them into fully mature followers of Christ. That is God's call for us. We are experiencing His grace and presence and power all the time. And so we want to step fully into all that God has for us. Would you join with me as I pray? And begin the message God has for us this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give ourselves to you. You know each and every person that will hear, listen, watch this message. And God, you care so intimately and perfectly for us that you have intended a specific word for our heart and our life today. Would you give us wisdom and discernment to hear from you? And God, I submit myself to you that you might anoint these lips, that we might speak the message with power and truth in your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Back in January, as we began the first service of the new year, I had no intention of sharing with the congregation, nothing written in my notes to say that this would be a year of change. But in that service, those words came forth, I believe by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through me at a different point in the message to say that 2020 would be a year of change. The second week of January 2020, in that message, again, no notes, stating this or making a proclamation to anyone. During the message, God spoke those words through me again, 2020 will be a year of change. These things took place. We recognized that God was saying something through us in that moment, began to share with the congregation that this would be a year of change. This was prior to the diagnosis from my wife, Kim, having cancer, which she's doing very well right now, by the way. 
but we didn't know anything at that time about that or what impact that would have in our lives. As well as prior to this global change that is taking place that is impacting all of us, even today because we're watching online and not able to gather together as the church in the body of Christ. 2020 indeed is a year of change. God's desire is to change each and every one of us by His power and anointing and Holy Spirit. And we need to fully embrace what He is doing. All of us have been going through crazy stuff this week. And this has been one of the busiest weeks that I've had in my life in a long time. As we've tried to communicate and work out various things, not only here for this church, but other churches throughout our area and district. We are trusting God fully through this, and we're excited about what He's bringing to us. However, in our culture, you and I are both aware that many people are reacting in fear, driven by self-preservation. Stores are stripped of food and supplies. The survival mentality has affected the entire world. People are in a panic in many ways. None of this, please, let me remind you, church, anyone watching, none of this has taken God by surprise. He was not wringing his hands in fear and wonder about what was going to happen. I do not believe God has caused this, but God uses things. When we look in the Word of God, it tells us that the bad stuff comes from the devil, and sin brought all this brokenness and destruction upon the earth, but the offer of hope and redemption is always found through Jesus Christ and our relationship with God. Therefore, I want you to understand, and I want us to embrace the fact that none of this is a surprise to God, We in the church, and many have joined us, and many are already praying and asking God for a move. We've prayed. We're asking God, God, you have placed us here as missionaries, and we have the opportunity to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we need a move of God in our culture. We need it here in Tucson. You need it in your community. We need it across this nation around the world where there is a great awakening and a stirring on the hearts of people or an understanding of a need of God and dependence upon Him. And so as we are praying for a move of God, let's believe together as the church that God will use this time to redeem, that we might come to Him in repentance and that we might experience and be a part of a move of God that impacts not only my life, but the lives of those around me in our communities, in our cities, our country, and the world. I want to share with you one of the scriptures that God has laid upon my heart for today that is found in Mark chapter 12. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. As we read the word of God and we hear the message from Jesus, Christian, I want to challenge you as you look into God's word and into your life and into what God is saying to us today. We are right now living in a time that allows us to live this commandment to its fullest like never before. 
The crisis that we are in today is allowing us as believers to embrace this truth and live our faith outside in this world around us. Jesus said that we were the light to the world and that what we would do should bring glory to God the Father. No better time than now are we given this opportunity. So Christian, let me ask you, have you checked on your neighbors? Neighbors are your fellow man, humanity all around you. But I'm asking you if you physically checked on your current neighbors. Just knock on the door. Introduce yourself. Many of us don't even know our neighbors. Here in Tucson, oftentimes people come home from work, hit the button, the door opens, they drive in, it shuts behind them, they enter into their homes and we don't see each other. Take advantage of this opportunity. Check on your neighbors physically. Have you checked on the seniors in your area? to make sure that they're okay and they have what they need. They can't go out. Many of them are in isolation and they feel isolated and they need words of encouragement. They need to know that someone's there. Leave a note on their door with your phone number and say, I'm your neighbor. If you need anything, let me know. We need to be the church right now. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Are you contacting the people you know to make sure they're okay? Are they living in fear, anxiety, experiencing isolation. Yes, I know it's only the beginning, but I've been in contact with people this very week that are already feeling closed in and isolated and wanting to get out, but because of their health conditions and the other issues that they're dealing with in life, they can't. This is an opportunity for us to be the church. When the Holy Spirit fell on the believers as promised by God in His Word, uh, before I read that, I want to say, Take the opportunity to pray for people. People are in fear. You can ask them if you can pray for them. Ask them what they need and do it right then and there. Just do it, all right? Now I want to look at the scriptures where the Holy Spirit fell on the believers as promised by God. Jesus taught the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16. You can tell uh, as you read the gospel teachings there that he said the Holy Spirit is coming and he gave an understanding to his followers of what would happen. Then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus at the ascension told them to wait and that they would be filled with the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, then they'd be his witness. So as we see this scene unfolding and we see what happened on the day of Pentecost as the birth of the church took place with the Holy Spirit from God, of God, who is God, descended upon those in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell on them. They went outside of that upper room and they began to preach Jesus' death and resurrection in the streets of Jerusalem. 3,000 people were added to the church that day and baptized, and the Spirit of God was moving in the city. We are asking God for that kind of a move right here in Tucson, Arizona. Now, as you look at that second chapter of Acts, and you begin to look down through what the Scriptures teach us, we will begin to look at the Scriptures there as the church lived the commandment of Jesus to love your neighbor as yourself. And it was happening to the fullest. In verse number 42, this is what it says. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So before I read the next verses, I want everybody out there that is hearing this message and you're a believer of the Word of God, you have been given an outline of how we are to live our lives outside the church. This was what was happening in their lives. Sharing in those teachings, studying, learning what it says, and how, it, how we are taught to be the church of Jesus Christ, fellowshipping with one another, sharing meals. Remember, knock on your neighbor's door, take them a dinner, including the Lord's Supper and prayer, spending time with God. 
as we look at that outline for our challenge of our lives, it continues and goes on about what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all. There is this presence of God when God shows up, when the Holy Spirit is tangibly present. There's this awe of God that we experience. Church, today we ought to be experiencing a new and awe of God in the midst of all the chaos that He is the peace and the presence and the strength that you and I need, this awe of God. As we read that scripture, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Are you believing God for miracles? And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Let me emphasize that point for just a minute. While we are dispersed because of this uh, virus and everybody not being able to touch and be in the same room, I don't want us to be misconceived or have this idea that we can just do church on our own. Here's what the Word of God says. They all came together in one place as one. The body of Christ needs one another. We function as the body of Christ as we gather and then we go forth. The Word of God says that they came together as one. It is so critically important that we are part of the body of Christ, the family of God, and that we are together as that body to be encouraged, challenged, and to move forth in the power of God. But not only that, we meet each other's needs. That Word said, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. So before we go on and get crazy, some of our cults were formed and people say, sell your stuff, give us your money. That's not what the Word of God is saying. People had extra stuff. They had properties and houses and multiple houses and they sold those and they gave the money to the church that it might meet the needs of those in the community that were in need. And so we understand that their heart was stirred and moved in that direction. If God moves you that way, make it happen. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Not just on Sunday. They worshiped together. They came together. They met together. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You have got an opportunity from God, by God, to reach out to those lost people that we've been praying for and let's see what God does. And if you can reach someone this week, text me and let me know. Write the church and let us know someone new has come into the kingdom as a result of sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to live our faith tangibly using this opportunity to be the church, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to be who Jesus died to make us. We are called by God to be His hands and feet like Jesus in action. The love of God in action. I have scripture I want to read to you from the message. I recognize that the message is not a translation, but a paraphrase. So don't freak out about that. Just listen. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, starting in verse number 1. And this is what God's word says. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, 
And what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. It's an amazing translation of 1 Corinthians 13 as we read that section about love. To be the church is to be love in action. We know as we read God's word in 1 John 4, it says God is love. Therefore, if we possess the Holy Spirit within us, those of us that have received Christ as our Savior and we've been redeemed, and therefore we now have the, the presence of God within us, which is the presence of love. Therefore, everything we do should be done in love, and this is the way love acts. Therefore, we are to be God in action, love in action to those around us. This is our faith. This is our call. And this is our time. This is our city. This is our opportunity. And we need to make an impact for the glory of God. When we look in Romans chapter 15, by the way, before I read that section of Scripture, we've been looking in God's Word, referencing many places, but Ephesians chapter 4, um, verses 11 through 16, if you want to look it up later. And it talks about the fact that as we're born in Christ, we're made new, but we mature and become Christ-like. And therefore, as we grow in our faith, we're born again, we're just an infant, and we begin to grow in that faith and develop and mature. We become like in that childhood stage and adolescence and young adult and adult. We're becoming more and more like Christ. That should be happening in our lives all the time. And therefore, in the church, the reason we make the statement here at CFF every week, we're not a perfect church, we're not a perfect people, we are here because we know we need God's help, and He's provided that help through Jesus Christ our Lord. We make that statement understanding that the people that make up this community, this body, this assembly, are at various stages, from those who don't know Jesus yet, to those who are new to the faith, to those that are growing and immature, but maturing and becoming Christ-like. So we have all these covered. That's why it's important that we as Christians see people the way God sees them and we don't judge them and put them in little pigeonholes about who is or isn't saved or is or isn't living the Christian life. But in the context of what that is, we look in Romans chapter 15 and the Word of God addresses those who are farther along in their journey. Those who are stronger in their faith, more Christ-like, have lived with God and matured in that walk, and they are farther down the road than many others. Here's what the Word of God says in Romans 15, verse 1. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right, Build them up in the Lord, for even Christ didn't live to please Himself. It is important at this time that we don't condemn people that are acting in fears and anxieties and struggling with their own preservation. 
It is critically important for those of us that are in Christ that can see and trust and live through experiences so we know we can trust Him to encourage those that maybe are not as far along in the faith and those who don't know what it even means to have faith and to walk with God. Therefore, we don't want to uh, condemn people that are living in fear, make fun of people or critical of people. They have these concerns of self-preservation and their emotions are real. Everyone needs a word of encouragement today. And as we travel through days of uncertainty and unknown, it is important that we, the church, model what it means to trust in God. Many of you will remember the 2008 to 2012 economic recession collapse that we experienced in our lives. Tucson was one of the top 10 uh, cities in our country experiencing foreclosures and the difficulties that we struggled in. It was during this time that my wife and I lost our home like many of you did. I believe of just going off my, my recollection in my mind in the church at that time, we had nine people that lost their homes and three businesses were lost during that economic collapse. What took place in our lives is my wife lost her job. She was a manager of a salon. Things were being reduced everywhere. Our income was cut in half. One of our sons and his wife were in a serious accident, loss of job, lost their home, medical expenses, And therefore, they lost everything and they came to live with us. So our in-home capacity doubled and our income went to half. As a result of that, we were struggling to get by like everybody else at that time. I was doing side jobs outside of being the pastor of the church and trying to make up for the loss of income. But everybody in Tucson was still trying to do the same thing. And most people were hurting and so they couldn't do side jobs or even provide that work for anyone. As a result, after struggling for some time in 2010, we went into foreclosure. I had written the mortgage company, a lot of stuff behind that doesn't matter. All I want you to know is, is through that struggle of time, I was doing everything I could to fulfill my obligation that I felt that I signed that mortgage that I was responsible for. Throughout that experience, my wife and I were praying and trusting God, doing what we could. But I came to a point where her and I were talking together and praying, where I said, I just can't do it anymore. I was physically worn out. All these things were taking a toll on us. We were still sinking and we were going to crash. Therefore, we just surrendered everything. We contacted the mortgage company. They already had us in foreclosure. We moved out accordingly. Didn't even know if anyone would take us. We'd always paid our bills. We'd never known what it was meant to not pay a bill or to live like that. And so as we were navigating through these days, it was a time of absolute surrender and an unknown to me as a husband and a father and a care provider for my family that I wouldn't be able to do that. Didn't even know if any place would rent to us. During our prayer time and our surrender with God and talking to him about this situation, the spirit of God was moving tremendously in our life and our church, community, prayer rides that we were doing. God was moving. And as we were talking together with him, God shared in my heart, it's just a number on a street. That statement, though it's not maybe revolutionary to you, was an absolute moment of peace in my heart and life. It was just a number on the street. And that reality of the fact that it was just a place and that God will always take care of us was never more real than in that moment. And as we began to pack our things, we didn't destroy the house. We didn't take stuff that we shouldn't have. 
we moved out graciously and we began to look for a place and God opened a door for us to be able to rent a, a home that was even nicer than the home we lost. God always makes a way. I'm not telling you you're going to come out better at the end of this. We don't even know what our life is going to look at. All I know is that God is good to His Word. And this is an opportunity for us to trust Him, model that with other people, and live that out in our lives. So we who are strong must be considered. We've experienced things that others haven't. We need to share that with other people. Through the messages that we've been preaching here at the church over the past several months, which you can access those online if you want to visit that site, We've been hearing how God's people face real challenges, just like what I was just talking about, the losing of our home. We face those challenges, and through them, what we learn is a greater dependency on God, and it solidifies our faith. We get a priority of what life is truly all about. We experience that even through Kim's diagnosis of cancer and the things that we were facing in that process. Still have a little ways to go in that thing, but we're just fully trusting. In the book of James, chapter 1, I want to encourage you, those of you that struggle with understanding God's Word, start reading in James. You will understand it. It's straight up, in your face, good God Word. James, chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. All right, so before I read any more, just want to ask you, As you're dealing with what you're dealing with today, are you considering it an opportunity for great joy in your life? Yes, there's an unknown. None of us knows how this is going to shake out. But we know God. We can trust Him. We know that He's going to come to us and meet our needs. As we navigate through this, our faith is going to increase. Therefore, we can look at this situation that we are in as an opportunity for great joy. Not the suffering and the disease. Don't misunderstand. Man, that's not what God's talking about. We recognize that many in the world are without loved ones today in their lives they are hurting. Not just because of this disease, but we have some in our very own community who have lost loved ones in the last two weeks. We have people that were just diagnosed with cancer. Different things that they are struggling with in their lives broken marriages and relationships all that stuff is going on but this is an opportunity for us in our walk with God trusting him fully to experience the fullness of his joy in this very moment he is not lost and confused about what is happening in our lives globally or in an individually God is not confused or in wonderment the word of God says consider an opportunity for great joy For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So we're talking about that fact of starting over here as an infant and growing up to be Christ-like. Right now, we've been given an education process opportunity to grow in our faith, to become more Christ-like, depend on God more than we ever have before, and know that He has us. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing man when all is said and done we as believers walking through the challenges in life we know that in that crisis moment the only thing that matters is god my relationship with him and what that's all about because we get a glimpse of the reality of what life is truly all about we are in a season of incredible potential for growth For us to experience God in new and profound ways. To learn to trust Him like we never have before in our lives. This is an opportunity, church, and we need to take advantage of it and grow in our faith, spiritual maturity and strength. The reality of our faith, our trust in God, is made available to you and I. I met with our board online um, 
uh, through Zoom last Tuesday, been talking to people and trying to navigate through all these changes and things. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I have been excited about the potential of this challenge. Not that I like challenges. I like comfort. I like, like you do, full refrigerators and all your needs met. All the toilet paper you need, all that good stuff, you know, like everybody's struggling with. All right, I like all that stuff. However, I've not been anxious or worried about this opportunity that God's providing through this situation. I am excited at the potential for the challenge. How are we as the body of Christ going to embrace the necessary changes? Some of us are fearful of the changes. We've not embraced technology, so some of them are not joining church online because we don't want to do that stuff. Well, it's necessary now. If you want to be part of what God's doing, you've got to embrace it. We've got to change. We've got to move with some stuff. We as a church are going to emerge with a stronger faith as a community. Being the church in community, we are now being forced to go outside. We've been encouraging and challenging to do it. Guess what? You've got to now. You have to. Be the church in community. I want to share another scripture with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Again, I'm addressing some of you that have walked with God for a season of time. It is for all of us that have walked with God and experienced God in the midst of a struggle in life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God who is merciful, who is a merciful Father and the source of all comfort. So let me reread that since I stumbled over it. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. You're not going to find your comfort in government. You're not going to find it in material things. We don't even know how long they'll last or if they'll even matter. God is the source of our comfort. Are you looking to Him in the season of the unknown? Are you trusting Him? Are you looking to Him? Do you know that He is your comfort in the midst of all that is going on in your life? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God who was our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. As I read that scripture to you, I want to challenge you, church. We are reading the word of God where he says the commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. All of that is what it's about in serving God. Therefore, when we look at the word of God, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. So when they're troubled, we are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Those of you that have walked with God for a season of time in your life, you've experienced the comfort of God through trials and challenges and tribulations. I shared with you about the fact of our losing of our home, but God provided. I let you know when you understand we live transparently with you about Kim's cancer surgery, my, uh, my overwhelming emotions that did not understand how I could survive without her and God speaking to me in every one of those situations. I share that with you because God is always present in our time of needs. He is faithful. He brings us comfort. All these challenges that we face in life, everything going on in the world around us, He is the source of our comfort. The world needs to know that He is their comfort and we need Him. Do you know Him? If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to know Him. 
The only way to have a relationship with God the Father is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Therefore, the only way you can have a relationship with God himself is through Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life on Calvary, rose from the gra- grave to defeat sin and death, ascended to the Father on the 40th day, Acts 1.8, said he would not leave us comfortless, but he would send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 filling the heart and the life of the believer once you repent and confess your sins receive Jesus as your savior God promises the Holy Spirit to enter your life therefore you now possess God within you and you are able to begin this life of relationship with God brand new if you do not know him you need to if you need someone to help you and walk you through that we invite you to contact the office and the the email address is office at cfftucson.com You could also give me a call, text me, get a hold of us. We want to help you enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ that is available to everyone everywhere. To the believer, I want to ask you, do you trust him? As you're navigating through all these challenges and trials and the challenges that you are facing, do you trust him? What I've learned in my life is the fact that God has called me into this relationship with him and I continuously hit places in my life where I'm called to surrender trust and obey i have to surrender once again to what god is doing in my life trust him that no matter what it is he's going to see me through and then act in obedience to what he's asking me in the moment this is the life of the believer and i want to encourage you church to trust him if you are struggling in your trust your comfort your peace please get a hold of us once again we're available to help you walk through these days that we are living in the last thing i want to ask you will you share him with others we live your faith in community. We let others know about the peace and the hope and the comfort that you have in Jesus Christ. As a church, we need to address this personally and then community-wise as we love our neighbors as ourselves by serving this incredible God we serve. I want to pray with you before we enter back into this world to be the church. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. First, we want to say thank you for the incredible opportunity we have through this technology to reach out not only to this community, but to the entire world. Would you take this message of hope from your word and put it in the hearts and the minds of people everywhere? Help us as your church to live our faith, to see this as an opportunity for joy, to experience the comfort that you bring us as we navigate through. And God, we move in intercession on behalf of this illness, the virus, the things that are happening in families. We ask you to move, God. Would you put a hedge around us and stop this thing? Lord, we look forward to the day that we can come back together as the body of Christ as one. God, we praise you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Church, you're dismissed to be the church. We will be sending you messages throughout this week each day. Please look for those and share those on Facebook. God bless you. Have an amazing week with him.